machines and algorithms might not only work instead of us, but also desire instead of us. Hello, this is your checkmate uh, on the thinking path to what's happening in our lifetimes to us as human beings. Now, you've probably heard many, many debates how machines will one day, and they already are, substitute us in our labor. So this is really nothing new. But how about the machines substituting not our labor part, but our desire part? What if algorithm will become a desire machine? Now, we've already sort of grown accustomed to reaping what we didn't saw. Our hands are complemented by 10 and maybe even 100-fold multiplication of efforts by machines and computers. What you do with your hands, the work of your hands, is only a small percentage of the final outcome. And after all, we've already had a couple of seasons where the machines have reaped something that the machines have sown. So for the first time in mankind, mankind has reaped what we haven't saw. We can now actually have food produced automatically by machines. But now, how about the desires? How about if there might be somewhere in the future, is it thinkable that there be an algorithm that will follow us since our birth, um, remember every step that we take, um, uh, see our preferences, see what we like, what we don't like, see even the dark side of our visits to the web, and even maybe follow us in sleep, see how well we slept and how much we've walked and what we've eaten, etc, etc, etc. Now, uh, such algorithm could also most likely be reading all scientific uh, articles and books and magazines about every possible area of life, much more than your doctor and much more than your friends and much more than your mother and your father. In other words, there might be soon an algorithm that will know you much better than your own mother knows you. And this is the next step. Maybe that algorithm will know what you want more than you yourself know what you want. This is, after all, the eternal question of mankind. What is it that I actually desire? And the question of uh, my own desires is, you know, takes, some, uh, takes a significant part of your life. It is thinkable that an algorithm would understand us more, fed by our personal data from our side, from the cell phone or any other buddy gadgets that we wear, and from the other side by the latest uh, scientific research that uh, other human beings or algorithms are doing. Now, uh, your Spotify already suggests songs that you like, maybe more than your friends. Maybe you now take music suggestions from algorithm already. Uh, the similar thing happens when you have, um, you, know, you know, mating applications that will select uh, a partner for you, maybe for one night, maybe for half a year, maybe for half a life, maybe for the whole life. Maybe it's these algorithms will do that better than parents did in the ages past, or the church, or some random meeting that you had on the bar, or in school, or in work, or, I don't know, during your holidays. And it doesn't really matter. All I need to do now is to just be able to imagine that an algorithm would be able to understand our desires, in fact, better than we uh, ourselves.
Now just imagine, because in economics, everything that we look upon, it's sometimes quite useful to look at it from the perspective of demand and supply. So from this point of view, my supply is the labor that I contribute to the society. And my demand, my desire is what I demand, what I desire from the society. Now, if my supply, the supply of labor, my labor, if that's substituted by machines, what if our desires will be substituted by machines as well? What if the settlement of desires and supplies will start happening as if in the background, like a computer program? If you're running, um, uh, I don't know, Android or, or um, uh, uh, Apple OS or, or Windows, you simply press print and then you don't care about what's happening in the background. You really don't care what program and what chip sends what to the memory and when memory requests the data from the hard drive, you simply wait for the final outcome. Now this also happens with the human body and it's even trivial. Um, you know, even the biggest idiot knows how to digest. Even the biggest idiot, completely unschooled, knows how to reproduce himself or herself. We all know how to breathe. Uh, and these are actually quite complicated moments. Uh, how to be able to breathe oxygen took a lot of, lot of deaths and a lot of centuries before our ancestors, or what shall we call those entities, learned how to do it. To learn how to digest a piece of bread, although it seems trivial, is also hundreds, if not thousands, and, and, uh, and perhaps even many more years of of collective learning till we take it automatically. What if our desires are on the same route? Now, uh, of course, you will say that desire, that's something that's your own, that pretty much defines you. If I ask you who you are, you will tell me your name and the work that you do. And if I dig a little deeper, uh, perhaps at a shrink or a psychiatrist session, that person will try to see what is it that you desire and you will of course consider your desires to be uniquely your own. But are they really? Uh, well, take a look about, look around you and consider the things that you really, really like as an adult uh, and you will discover that most of those are actually acquired tastes. For example, I don't know, uh, the more sophisticated tastes such as olives or beer. Let's take beer. This is a, your bohemian guide anyway. So beer, you know, is something that doesn't actually taste good. First time you had beer, I bet you didn't like it much. It's an acquired taste. You had to force yourself to learn how to drink beer or smoking an experience that some of us had in the beginning and actually till the end it's really really disgusting it's not a desire that you had i don't know anybody who actually said uh, you know as a new year's resolution that he or she wants to learn how to smoke or he or she wants to learn how to drink beer i mean these things happen to us under an influence of something that now i don't have the time to describe but now these desires have become very much our own desires or even a more fundamental desire with which I will end is a sexual desire. Again, sex is something that to a child must have seemed terribly disgusting. I mean, just take kissing alone. That, that alone is, is something that's quite repulsive, especially if it's done with a person that you don't intimately know, meaning your mother or your grandmother or your aunt or someone from the family. That's disgusting right there. And I don't really need to add uh, the sort of disgusting things that we do in the intimacy of our bedroom. I mean, to a child, 
that must seem really, really, really disgusting. Um, but then something happens and we find these desires to be intimate and our own. What's my point? My point is that most of your desires as of today are acquired. They're not really your own. There's some algorithm which was biological or cultural or sociological or whatever taught you how to desire in that certain way. So the final question of the checkmate today is what happens when computers will substitute our labor and our desires? What's going to remain of human beings? Shall a desire for more enjoyment uh, be the, 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 the key maximizing factor or desire to learn or perhaps desire for goodness? It's hard to say. Uh, it's a theological question because uh, our desires are, are changing in ages. Um, so maybe our desires in 30 years or 100 years will be like trying to understand, uh, trying to explain to a child how beautiful lovemaking is or trying to understand, um, uh, trying to explain to a pigeon uh, the beauty of the Ninth Symphony. Uh, maybe we are at the beginning stages of um, desires that mankind can have. If um, economics as a science, or scientific field rather, as a field of expertise, is correct, then uh, most economists believe that uh, the purpose of human being is maximizing of utility, of enjoyment, of let's say perhaps even pleasure. If that's the case, uh, we are already now doomed. If, on the other hand, uh, the key factor behind human effort is uh, uh, curiosity uh, or hunger for goodness or hunger for knowledge or self-understanding then we are on an interesting path this has been your checkmate <laughs>